and welcome to the Big Apple School podcast, the weekly English show where we speak about everything under the sun. The major goal of this show is to help you improve your English and of course, learn something new. My name's Katja, I'm your host and today with me, Barbara and Gary. Dear listeners, you know that we here at Big Apple School think that the sky's the limit, so we want to become even better and we want our podcast to be well the best. But in order to do this, we need a little bit of your help. So could you please give us some feedback about our podcast? Subscribe to our pages on Apple, Yandex, Google, VK, or any other platform and let us know what you think about our show. You can send us your views, you can send us comments, and even your ideas about next episodes. We don't think it'll take much time or effort, right? But it will help us a lot, right? Right. <laughs> I think like I was right there. Wasn't I? <laughs> I was nodding. Right, right, right. Nodding doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, when when we start getting, you know, those um video podcasts, you'll yeah. see how much right, nodding, nodding was involved. That's right. Nodding will come to life. Yes. So Barbara, Gary, how's everything? It's been two weeks oh maybe so but um have you noticed that i'm sporting a special ribbon today wow. yes um, i believe this is what's who saint george or somebody might be yeah it's a <laughs> it's a george ribbon i know that the um the orange symbolizes the the blood i think and um black the smoke i don't know about orange blood that's that's Doesn't kind of sound creepy. Perfect. But yeah. <laughs> I might choose perhaps. The fire. Okay. Fire and smoke. If that's true, we would have orange and black flags. And neither one of us, America or Russia, has orange flags. So I don't think so. All but right. who knows? I could be wrong. We better Google it right now to okay. settle it. But anyway, right. some kind of George, it's, it's a valent kind of medal to get. Mm -hmm. And it certainly does represent something. And um, Well, it represents something it here, right? It sure it, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the victory over Nazism, I mean, that was a huge uh, achievement. Have, have you ever seen an interactive or an animated map of how Nazism started in a little tiny place mm -hmm. and then grew bigger and mm -hmm. bigger to the north of Africa and the, and the west part of mm -hmm. the Soviet Union? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's, that's my thing right now. That's amazing. That's amazing. Gary, what have well, you been up to? Well, it, it's been, uh, the weather has been good. Right? Have you noticed? Oh, yes. Yes. You, <laughs> you know you, what's funny, though, is that it was nearly 30 degrees not long ago, and yet the heating is on. Oh, it was yes. still on. Including in this room, I might add. <laughs> right, the radiators yes. were just, just to, you know. To sweat the best <laughs> output out of out of each of us. My apartment is so warm that I keep it off all winter. Maybe I might put it on a oh, little wow. tiny bit, but I turn it off. It is hot. I can't really turn it off. Oh, I, like can, I can't control the radiator. Yeah. It, yeah. There's a knob there and you just some, turn it yeah, one yeah. way. On some, yes. <laughs> I have very old radiators, so you can't do anything. You oh. just suffer, oh. you know. Well, suffering's always good. I should be, you know, growing tomatoes above, you know, they love the, the heat. Yeah, a lot of things, certain kinds of mold. <laughs> Wonderful oh. in heat. I don't think I would like to grow mold. <laughs> okay. You know, like, what's... I'm trying have to you take ever, a positive viewpoint. <laughs> have you ever uh, lived in a house so moldy that the walls actually, you wake up one morning and go, oh, the walls are now green. It's true. It happens. 
I lived in Georgia. Did it happen and to you? Yes, yes. And you can't get rid of it. Oh, my God. Was goodness. it like one day and you woke up? Well, yeah. Sometimes I'm just walking through and go, okay, the walls are now green. Okay, let's let's clean them. And then the next day, green again. Oh, oh horrible. Mold is horrible. Yeah. So the mold was trying to kick you out of the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to throw so many clothes away uh, throughout oh, the years. Yeah. No, I don't think that happens a lot in, in here in Russia. <laughs> no. Well, in Novosibirsk. I think that's because we have dry... Uh, yeah, winters yeah. is very arid, yeah. So it's not really humid, yeah. Right, humidity is not a big problem. But when you say 30 degrees, you are talking about Celsius. Celsius. Okay. Yeah, I'm not good at Fahrenheit. <laughs> I know that 90 is really hot, 100 is unbelievably hot. So it reminds me of um, my several days in Arkansas. So, and I'm like, okay, don't want that. And then zero is really cold. <laughs> and then minus 40 is the same in it's Celsius. It's the same. It's the same. And I Fahrenheit. don't know how that happens, but, but that concludes my knowledge about yeah, Fahrenheit yeah. and Celsius. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got into that. Oh, At I least. tell all my students because if they miss saying the C, if they say 40, and then they might miss the uh, little tiny degrees, and then they'll just skip over the C. Oh, no, don't skip over that capital C. That means this. <laughs> and then I have to tell about Fahrenheit. <laughs> Yeah. And then I make them Google. Now you must convert. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, an average. And I I still think that, you know, they say that an average uh, immigrant spends a third of their life sleeping, a third of their life working. And I'm pretty sure the third third of their life is spent converting the Celsius into Fahrenheit, <laughs> feet into meters. Yes. Very important. Ounces. <laughs> I mean, ounces. who on earth invented I ounces? I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Why we're outdated. But what about pounds? LBS? What's that? I That was my question when I first yeah. went to, to a supermarket. Yeah. But then there is a pound, um, you know, as a measure of weight. And then there's pound as the currency. Right. And then you would think, okay, I am counting that as like roughly half a kilo. I know that's not right. but And then I remember being asked by a British person like, how many stones is it? I'm like, oh, hey, what now? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, what? Stones. Now, there, speaking of the Middle Ages, which we haven't yet, but yeah, stones. speaking of <laughs> measure things in stones, you know, how many stones is it? Or how many, probably how many stone, right? How many stone? Three stone. Pebbles. It weighs so three do you, stone. So, do you know much about uh, measurement in nothing. the Middle Ages? Uh, well, no. Oh, I'm yes, just, yes, yes, yes. Just, that brings back memories. Yeah. Of the Middle Ages? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Like, for instance, my childhood. Um, yes, when I was you, very young. Some people say, um, as a rule of thumb, you know? And a rule, do you know what rule of thumb means? Yeah, like the best rule or like the best way to no, do it. No, like, it means that you're not supposed to hit your wife with something bigger than your thumb. That's what the measurement of, that's the meaning of that. Mm, yeah, because women Barbara. were property back then. Wow, Barbara. And Is uh, that even a fact? A metal nail is technically, <laughs> you know. That's, that's startling. Really? Is that well, I guess really, Yes, no, it's startling. I mean, that's what patriarchy does to us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Distorts right, yes, identity. Right, just send me back to the Middle Ages immediately. <laughs> so they had a rule like, if it's <laughs> yes, smaller than a thumb, then it's okay. So the rule of thumb. Right. Of course. Because you don't want uh, to damage your property, right? Oh, wow. Well, no, you don't. But <laughs> I mean, just as a general rule, no, you don't. That's a good start to the topic, actually. <laughs> okay, yes. So, well. dear listeners, as you might have guessed already, we're talking about... Prop no, we're not talking about property. We're going to talk about the Middle Ages. 
So what else do you know about the Middle Ages in general? Like, do you know much about it? Not much. Well, I there were some things that I wanted to make sure that I remembered when I took my course in my under during my undergraduate years. I had a really fantastic uh, professor, and the one thing I wanted to remember was buttress. The what? Buttress. Buttress. Okay. Yes, that's what I wanted to remember. All right. And this is this kind of long kind of support that w- facilitated higher roofs and thinner walls. So mm. it's this architecture is what mm-hmm. I'm talking the, about. The flying buttress. Right. Mm-hmm. So this thing mm-hmm. that's, that kind of sticks out is the way that they were able to um, put this arch higher and higher and higher. And it was all because of the buttress. Mm-hmm. And so I did remember that part. All oh. right. Yes. Well, it, it, it lent way for uh, glass, stained glass windows for uh, cathedrals, churches. I think my first association would be Gothic architecture which actually started in yeah. the middle ages yeah. well actually um it is called goth um but it was sort of like the detractors um called it goth because mm-hmm. it was a pull from away from romanesque architecture which mm-hmm. was in the beginning and the esque means it's not really roman but kind of an adaptation mm-hmm. so they're moving away from this romanesque architecture into this horrible thing that some people just thought kind of associated with the ones who are the marauders, the um, barbarians, Mm -hmm. the Goths and the Vandals who um, penetrated the borders of uh, the Roman Empire and led to the downfall. Ooh, I did not know that they had such a history. Yes. Well, it's a thousand years long, right? So... So there's yeah. got to be something well, that happened. Good point, actually. So, no, so let's set the time frame for for, for yeah. the Middle Ages. Well, we it, uh, I'll just follow up on that. Uh, that uh, that um, it it goes from the fall of the Roman Empire, uh, which is in the fifth century, uh, early fifth century, uh, to kind of a flexible time, but maybe the fifth. Uh, 14th century anyway through the 14th century and and the the so on one side you've got the classical world you've got the roman world right mm-hmm. on the other side you've got what's called the renaissance mm-hmm. right so that's and it was the renaissance people who looked at what they'd just come out of or were coming out of and they so- and they said that's gothic Mm-hmm. Uh, which it wasn't Gothic at all. It didn't have anything to do with the Goths. It was like a uh, like a slander. It just meant that to them that was like darkness. Mm-hmm. Like this was you know belonged to the the world that they're looking forward to leaving, right? Uh, and creating a new world based on rediscovering the ancients and such as that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so it goes between the time when the ancient world kind of fell apart and the time that the ancient world was sort of rediscovered. Mm -hmm. Okay, so from there, we were able to go back to this wonderful um, knowledge that the ancient world had Mm -hmm. um, put forth. And that was because of the Muslims, these Islamic scholars who um, protected this knowledge. Of course, with, this is with the uh, Muslim invasions and they got um, this knowledge. They didn't uh, burn these things mm-hmm. from the Roman Empire. So luckily, after the Roman Empire did collapse, then we could have this great emergence uh, with the Renaissance because glad 
gladly this uh, knowledge was saved mm-hmm. and we could go from there. But it wasn't like my professor in this certain course, he wanted to make sure he told us that it wasn't a thousand years of darkness because there was so much that happened. Mm-hmm. And we think of, we call it the dark ages and the, the middle ages as though it's like some kind of transition or some kind of interlude between something great and another something mm-hmm. great. But I'm sure you got your notes saying that we're going to go through the, all the greatness <laughs> of this period. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's interesting that on the one hand, a lot of people say that, oh, this time was so dark, which is in some way a misconception. And then a lot of people kind of, you know, romanticize the Middle Ages. They say, oh, if I could travel, you know, if I could travel in time, I would totally go into the Middle Ages. I think I would love it. So why do you think a lot of people have this idea of the Middle Ages and some as something great and romantic? Well, part of it is that uh, the people that were immediately coming out of the Middle Ages, like we were just saying, they did not romanticize it. Mm-hmm. Right, because they knew what it was for one thing, and they wanted uh, they wanted uh, more, more light than that, and uh, more freedom than that, and breaking out of some of the shell that was involved in the medieval world. Um, and uh, so, they were not nostalgic; they were not mm-hmm. romanticizing. It took centuries mm-hmm. until. All of that progress reached a point where it was like too much, which was maybe the 20th century, if not before. Mm-hmm. And certainly by the 20th century and the people that we think of as really popularizing, right? Tolkien and, and uh, C.S. Lewis, right? They were already nostalgic. They, mm-hmm. were, they were scholars and they were looking back at it because the 20th century, I don't use the word that starts with S, <laughs> I try not to use that, but it was a bad... 20th century was pretty rough. Okay, be, so we've lived through yeah. many dark eras. And in within this darkness emerges poetry and mm-hmm. art. And so wasn't that the time of the troubadours, right? With this romantic poetry. And maybe that's where the romance came from, this, this kind of the, gallant... You could find it there, yeah, or it was there. Yeah, and maybe that was even part of that sort of toward the renaissance right because i think the reason for romanticizing might be different depending on the time because let's say i read that in the 19th century there was the whole um wave of medievalism so people wanted they were inspired by the medieval times and that was mostly due to the industrial revolution so they thought oh we don't want this because you know all everything Everything new is usually, you know, confronted by a lot of people. So, and they said, we want to go back to the agricultural way, the, you know, the nature, the calmness. So medieval times were perfect in this way. So for the 19th century people, that was the industrial revolution. But I also thought about now, why now there are so many people who think, oh, that must have been, you know, an amazing time. And I think that might be because of all the popular culture. Like we have a lot of TV shows that oh, portray right, it, you know, right. as... They're not showing the diseases and the they, plagues and all yeah, the, so the they lice. Show, they the show the knights, you know, yeah. the honor and, and all the princesses. And They don't show people um, um, drowning in the rivers with their heavy dresses, trying to wash clothing. Yeah, because they don't show... Because their husband was... Right. Not keeping the rule of thumb right, exactly. and so forth. Yes. 
those so patriarchal bad people. So exactly, yeah. they do not show any of that. So and that creates some kind of a picture that was right and now never a reality. There seems to be a rule of thumb where we tend to. Um, uh, I think every twenty years we fall into nostalgia, nostalgia for. 20 years ago. So now is 2020, 21. Uh, so we're talking about 2010. Are we nostalgic for 2010? Well, no. Would, <laughs> A lot of people are nostalgic <laughs> about the 90s. The 90s. Okay, yeah, maybe the 90s, like the yeah. maybe 30s somebody or 40 be, years. Yeah. Somebody might be nostalgic for the 90s. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Yeah, I'm stuck in the 90s, but I'm not nostalgic for it. I'm actually oh, stuck boy. in the I'm, 80s, I think. I think I'm then stuck I forgot that. <laughs> I don't even want to say what, <laughs> what, what decade are you what stuck decade in. I'm no, stuck I'm stuck in, I'm stuck I'm in stuck, the 80s. I'm stuck, and after that, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, uh, <laughs> it's too painful to think back. I, anyway. <laughs> we, should, we should really be nostalgic now. Ah, the, the mid- medieval times. What luxury? Ah, uh, the play. <laughs> yes, the darkness. The, the yeah. dark. <laughs> the, lo- the wonderful darkness. Yes. So yeah, and I've. Um, I mean, even recently there was this uh, popular TV show, which is Game of the Game of Thrones, which showed you know beautiful castles mm. and the well, clothing. it did show the war. You know, well, the wars between the uh, between people between everyone. It seemed. But, at but the that same was time, probably romanticized also, definitely. right? It was heroic. Was it heroic or no? I didn't watch it. No, it was not really heroic. But still, you know, people thought, oh, look at this castle. You know, look at all the feasts they had. And those castles, sorry, castles were <laughs> very cold, right? They were very cold. Yeah, cold didn't have castles. Right, and we also do not think about that. Yeah. yeah they were, they were bad. If you've ever tried to be, have you ever tried to be in a place that's heated by a fireplace. Yeah, you don't get very cold, warm, right? It's really, yeah. it's and the really soot inefficient. too. I mean, yeah. it's, it has to have really good ventilation, or else. And also, not only have. a yeah. fireplace, but it was also made of stone. It was marble in there, and it's impossible <laughs> right. it's to like. Bad. I mean, yeah. I remember um, uh, when was it? Like a couple of years ago, um, I used to have uh, different meetings, like tutoring in the living room of my dorm, and the dorm was built like what a hundred years ago, like something like that so it is only heated by a fireplace oh, so and at wow. some point they just said you well it's open it. fire like mm-hmm. you can't do that anymore so it was impossible to be there even in a winter jacket you know like wearing okay. a winter jacket so, so that reminds me of you know these cap and gowns that we graduate yeah well the university system was started during this time and of course these um, cells that these monks and educated people mm-hmm. lived in were very cold and they wore these these capes and gowns oh. and caps and that is why we today wear these from the middle ages oh i love so that cold. i did not know that yes yes i mean that makes sense yeah. now that i think about it wow that's cool it's very topical actually because today and yesterday were the ceremonies of uh, gradu- graduation ceremonies ah, for a lot of people yeah. So in the U.S. at least, because I have several people who graduated and I um, saw the pictures with these gowns. How do you call the... We call these the caps. Okay. 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 So um, this was a time, uh, sometime during these thousand years, um, that uh, education used to be for the elite. 
But then, because people were agrarians, they were toiling in the soil, and then there was a time where um, this master apprenticeship mm-hmm. um, evolved, where you could actually, if you were lucky, you can get under a master, and that's our master's degree. You know, because when you have a master's degree, it means you're a master at something. Underneath that, you're just a lowly apprentice learning oh, wow. your craft. Yeah. And so I was inspired. I just remembered I was inspired by this time because when I was writing my thesis for my master's mm-hmm. degree, I wanted to culminate all my passions and I wanted it to to really reflect this master, um, really being an expert on something. Well, what's so, the topic of your thesis? Well, I wrote a historical novella and it was called um, Ballet and the Bayonet. And it took place during the revolution in St. Petersburg. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it had history and political science and ballet and uh, creative writing. Yeah. So that was my master because you that's called the masterpiece. This is what it is. Once the apprentice can create the, the masterpiece, mm-hmm. he or she is now a master. That's what I wanted. A wow, masterpiece. So what you're telling us is we are sitting now... <laughs> In the, the presence, presence of, <laughs> of, yes, of a master and and the author of a unpublished master, <laughs> unpublished because so excellent, right? No one that, could dare read that, that, right? So good, yes, yes such yes. a masterpiece <laughs> that it must be hidden for future generations. Exactly. This is not to an discover. opportunity you get on a daily basis, Gary. Right, you should. Right. It's, it's a very rare thing. Yeah. I, I I feel elevated. <laughs> As you should. Strangely <laughs> elevated. Or maybe just strange. I feel a little strange. <laughs> Forget the elevation. No elevation. <laughs> just I'm still on the same level, but just feel strange. <laughs> I think it's the heat in this room. It's, yeah. No, no, no. It's the, not the, the heat. Palms, it's the, <laughs> the, yeah. the underarms. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> oh. Actually... Barbara, you brought this up and I have realized that I know nothing about education in the Middle Ages. Like, were people literate? Could they read? No, those agrarians could not. But when they expanded this um, system, then more people were pulled in. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the details because, as I said, I was going to remember only a few things like buttress. But there are other things that I forgot. (laughs) Sort of of specialized in. Well, you really nailed the buttress. (laughs) It was all worth it. All that hours of preparation. Buttress, buttress. It's about the buttresses. High ceiling, buttress, buttress, buttress. Exactly. It it worked. Barbara, another masterpiece. A second masterpiece. A living masterpiece. Created before our very eyes. Uh, no, I think that, well, one of the things about the uh, the, the Middle Ages, because it's a long period, uh, the, the, uh, the university situation didn't develop until, you know, like mm-hmm. 600 years into the thing. It didn't happen until about 1,000, right? It started in northern Italy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then in England in the, in the 11th century, I think, right? Something like that. Anyway, but before that, there were just very few educated people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've, I listened to a, a, a Yale course, which you can do. It's, it's quite uh, accessible, I mean, in the sense that the level is... You can see why professors nowadays, they have, uh, they have popularity survey things, you mm-hmm. know, where the students rate them. Mm-hmm. This guy was very good. He was very... I mean, he was giving good information, but it was... 
light and bright. You know, it was, I mean, it was in, informative. But anyway, he, he made the point, this this talking about maybe the 7th century, 6th century, that that there were just a couple of names that we know mm-hmm. that... Um, that sort of were that were like the smartest people of their time. I mean, just to use the wrong word, that, but they were. Um, that would, and you know, he made the comparison of of uh, like tennis players now. Um, that you could, you know, there's a thousand ranked players, mm-hmm. and if you're, you know, if you're in the top hundred, you're a you're a tremendous tennis player. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's just when you get to the top, it's the top. And you know, but then it's like, you know, there's a short list of like mm-hmm. five, six, eight people that are that are sort of keeping that are known, yeah. Keeping the flame. And so uh it was that's kind of the dark part of the mm-hmm. dark ages is that they really did kind of lose literacy. They almost lost literacy. In, mm-hmm. in the course of this, of course, they didn't entirely. And then it was the whole system that Barbara then described of the, um, you know, the monks and so forth, keeping that, I mean, the written tradition alive and probably even the ability to write and read uh, mm-hmm. Well, when you're, when you're concerned about survival, you're yes. not going to be getting yeah. your education. Yeah. And when Fair s- enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Society's fragmented and just the economy is broken down. And, and you know, I mean, people were living in the Colosseum. The, the yeah, they're living in ruins. Yeah. yeah they mm-hmm. were living, literally mm-hmm. people were living, you know, broken. living for shelter in mm-hmm. the Roman Colosseum. So, yeah, that's definitely, yeah. Education was not the no, main concern, no, definitely. Yeah. yeah, everything had broken down. I mean, it's the kind of thing, dystopian, right? And, and you know, it's kind of probably the basis for a lot of uh, imaginings of what would happen if society, you know, if the bad thing happened and mm-hmm. society oh, Like Wild down. Max or what was that, Desert Max? I didn't see that. Oh, those were great you movies. Know I didn't, Wild I didn't Max, Max... <laughs> Mad Max. Mad, Mad Max. Max. Oh, yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or the movies. Oh, were there several? <laughs> I think there were several. Yeah. But that I was don't keep up with the, with the movie yeah, industry. Yeah. Well, I'm stuck <laughs> in the 80s, as I was saying. It was that back in the 80s. I, I have some kind of recollection of <laughs> Mad Max. Because <laughs> you're talking about dystopia, and that mm-hmm. was, yeah. And that okay. was the 80s, dystopia. What <laughs> if, you really, if you really went back there, you said, wow, man, I don't want to be Well, here. last time you said that 1981, man, that yeah. was the year you yeah. said. The, okay, direct quote. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, it was a great year. Yeah, that year is ingrained in my brain, 1981. Yep, that was a year. <laughs> Wasn't it, Barbara? Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> 1981. Okay, uh, you don't want to talk about 1981. No, we don't. But I, I moved to Las Vegas in 1981. But I do oh, want to talk wow. about the Middle Ages. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nice way to return. <laughs> that was a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. She's a master after so many of these. <laughs> it's just you don't even feel it. <laughs> You're just Smooth. gently moved back right. into place. Yes. I'm a master puppet. <laughs> no, I'm not. But what about hygiene? Because, I mean, this is another stereotype that uh, people (laughs) have. So we think of the Middle Ages, we think, oh, everyone, you know, was stinking, no Mm -hmm. hygiene. (laughs) Absolutely not. So is that is that really so? I think so. I think you finished our conversation. I think there's no more to say on that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to a podcast. <laughs> See you next time. On that hygienic note, on that, it's hitting a clean high note. We No, but uh, I think it's as bad as the stereotype and probably worse. Um, 
And because I think even into, that's the other thing is, you know, you think, oh, the, you know, the Middle Ages, <clears throat> but you take it even into, uh, you know, like the 18th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty rough. The hygiene situation was rough. And so people were using perfume and they mm-hmm. bathed once a week. I mean, you're talking, you're talking about aristocrats. You're talking about people with money and everything in the world. But they just, the nature of the thing was that you didn't do that because there were ideas about health. This, mm-hmm. is, this is the 18th century mm-hmm. now, right? But that's interesting, though, because I was thinking exactly the same way. And then I started reading on the topic of hygiene in the Middle Ages, and it turned out that we are all wrong in oh, a way. Really? Because even though, well, most of the do, villages do and towns... <laughs> <laughs> do tell. I'm uh, some revisionist history here. Okay. That in are you actually... Yeah, as long as... I mean, if you don't have access to water, maybe they used hand sanitizers or something. <laughs> Probably. <Barbara>. Corral. <laughs> that, that's... Uh, I think that was invented in 1981, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Another reason that that year was so great. Purell was invented in a, in a tiny laboratory in northern New Jersey. So, but no, so at that time, most of the villages and towns um, were made and, you know, people were settling close to the water. So, and uh, even though... Well, running, there was no running water, I mean, like, you know, in the houses, but still they had some access. And even though they didn't take, you know, um, a bath or a shower because they didn't have any, like, you know, every day or something, but um, it was still, uh, you know, necessary to wash every day. I mean, at least, you know, the face or something. And then it was considered to be, well, not etiquette, but a need to wash hands before and after eating. Because at that time, there were no forks, no knives, nothing like that. So people would still, you know, find some kind of a water source and wash their hands. And, um, well, baths were a luxury, but they still existed. And monks, for example, were allowed to take a bath Two or three times a year. I know it's not much, <laughs> but right. All right. Well, but, uh, let's, yeah. I'm now really persuaded they really <laughs> did have good but, hygiene. I mean, um, uh, people who were really well off, they could afford taking a bath. You know, up to every week, because of course, you know, they were not the ones who would carry that all. And of course, it was not a bath that we imagine it now. You know, with um, hot water, it was warm-ish. Water, but still. I mean, well, they could make hot water if they wanted to make hot water. I mean, technically, right? Well, technically, yes, but... <laughs> I mean, it would still burn back in those days. <laughs> quite similar, much much as it does now. Yeah. Okay, so they had a, a huge problem with um, critters, rodents and insects mm-hmm. like lice and... Right. That was the problem, yeah. yeah. And that's why uh, it was considered a must, you know, to wash in the morning, you know, the the face and uh, because fleas and lice were a common problem, yes. Yeah, so. Oh, that was when the fine tooth comb came into existence mm-hmm. because you could uh, comb your hair with a fine tooth comb and capture some lice. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of makes your day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're living in the Middle Ages, man, I caught a couple of lice, lice today. Wow, congratulations. Awesome. <laughs> yes. I'm going to remember that for a week now. <laughs> right. What a day that was. Yeah. But um, apart from, you know, 
washing their hands and washing their face. They also use different herbs, you know, to mix with a straw that they slept on. Because otherwise, you know, that was perfect for different kind of, well, fleas and vermin mm-hmm. and whatnot. So they mix it with chamomile, uh, with um, basil, flowers, lavender, because that would, you know, scare off some of the bugs. So wow. they, they were at least, you know, concerned about things. Yeah. And about no, not no, having... It still yeah. wasn't very good hygiene. Yeah, I well, I mean, if well. we compare it with now, of course, but... <laughs> I mean, if we compare it with the 18th century when people were just stinking, well, even when having, the, you know, yeah, access the, the to baths. Yeah, the difference in the 18th century is people were living in cities. And you're talking about well, mostly town, rural town areas, people, yes, right? Of or small city, agrarian. Forget about mm-hmm. towns even, you know, towns. But you know what's interesting, though, um, to hear all about that. But then if we think about ancient Rome, they had baths. They did. They had, you know, the system of... Well, that's of- part of what they lost was, was that. Yeah, because it takes, you know, you have to organize it and you have to... I mean, they had a whole system of that, sure. I read uh, I read an article about how, you know, these these Roman baths were made and the system of public toilets. And I thought, what? what? They had public toilets at that time. So, you know, and it was an amazing system. Well, what happened to... To all that in the Middle well, Ages, Well, those then. bad Goths came in <laughs> and Huns and uh, Vandals and all those people. Alemanni and uh, all those. Well, all not those. only that, but those Romans got very greedy about expanding territory. And they could not hold on to all that territory. Well, so yeah. there are a lot of reasons why it ended. Um, but yeah, we could definitely blame it on the Goths. I mean, in the immediate sense, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was just, they were literally uh, conquered. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what happened to it was somebody stronger than they were came in, broke, you know, broke through the the walls. Did they, were they building? They didn't even build walls in a lot of places until um, probably late, if at all. I mean, the it's a long story of takes two <laughs> volumes by, yeah. by Gibbon. Edward Gibbon uh, takes a couple of volumes of uh, amazing description to describe how the Roman Empire fell. Um, so that would be, you know, episode on the medieval times, you know, part one. <laughs> yes. Then there's going to be part two, part two. No. just on the history of the Roman Empire. <laughs> I, I think we're probably going to shoot the wad on this one. Yes, here, this will be it. Yeah, you almost have um, to be an expert on it, right? To discuss it. Oh, no. This <laughs> yeah. is the internet. You don't have to be an expert on anything. All you have Not to do anymore. is know how to upload it. <laughs> right, yes. Right, yes. All you got to do is know how to push a button and up it goes. <laughs> well, you, you have not won me over that they've had good hygiene back then. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I'm but I'm, I, it's good to hear a revisionist. I mean, <laughs> so let's say the way I pictured it was... Um, <laughs> right, it's people with violet and lavender. <laughs> yes, no! Okay. I mean... They have to tote this water from the dirty stream into their house. And they have to have some kind of little tub, a little tiny little dish. A little, little very small But it was still (laughs) way better than later in the cities. Because if we think about, you know, all the um, texts about, let's say, Paris or different European cities where people would just, you know, throw a bucket full of things out of the window. Right, and show Gardilou, right? Gardilou. That's what they well, did. I'm not sure what oh, they did. Gardilou. 
It means okay. I wasn't there, you know. <laughs> Barbara, Barbara, Barbara's recalling. This is a term they use to to get the attention of people, passerbyers. So if you yell out "Guardy Lou," you look up and. You better just run when you hear that. Don't look up, just move. It depends on the speed of sound versus your position and the the fall of the dropping liquid. I mean, it's a complicated thing. I think, you know, the Middle Ages compared to that were pretty hygienic, you know, compared to things flowing. Do you want to compare that to crane operators of 2021? Do you realize, yes, do you realize that crane operators Operators have their own bathroom up in the crane. They what? They do. Well, they'd have to, wouldn't they? Yeah, see, and that... that I never thought about that. That's really civilization right there. Well, I mean, 2020... Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Barbara. Right, yes. It's different. (laughs) Right, yeah, that's that's a different century. That's up in a crane. Well, you were comparing it to other things. I thought it was fair to compare it to Russia 2021. I don't know what they do in the United States, but in Russia, they apparently well, have... Well, yeah, uh, in America, they have, they, have a, they have a pipe. They have an air-conditioned pipe going all the way down. It's part of OSHA regulations. They have to have, have complete... It's regulated. They come in and inspect okay, the pipe. Okay, so next time but you I walk mean, by a crane operator, just look up... But I mean, let's say the way that, uh, well, technology and everything was advancing, the speed of that was different and the pace of that was different compared to now. Now, within five years, the technology can change in such a way that is unbelievable. That wouldn't have happened within 200 years before. People won't even need to use the bathroom. (laughs) The crane operators of tomorrow (laughs) will... We'll, we'll have learned self-control, self-mastery to a degree that they're good for eight hours and they come down from there and it's no problem. Well, it's all about being uh, maintaining relevance, right? <laughs> I was going to say just that exact thing. You took the words out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> okay, so and what about health? Then. Okay, we're oh. talking about the lice. We're talking about the plague. We're talking about <laughs> lots of horrible things that they they made no connection between dirt and health. So, and could they have any kind of a medical help with that? Well, maybe not with the lice because it was something that everybody had. But what if that was something more serious? And what kind of diseases were widespread anyway? Well, the okay. black plague, okay. the blue plague, the red plague, the plague All plague. The plagues. <laughs> All the colors of plagues. Yeah. Yes, you uh, name a color. And there's a plague. They had it. There was a plague. <laughs> One oh, after superstition. the other. And uh, they relied yeah. on like witch-like people. Have you ever seen that picture of like the crow? The, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that was, a crow or something. And this man would come in and do a dance or do something. <laughs> right. And I think that would only, I thought that they only, you know, came and looked at the patient and said, well, well there was a time luck. They, they, they couldn't look at the patient because they're dying. Everyone's dying and the bodies are piling up. Yeah, it was horrible. Did you know horrible. that in that beak they had some kind of, you know, essential oil so that oh. they wouldn't smell the, um, oh. the rotten bodies? Oh, I don't, yeah, good luck oh, with wow. that. So it's back to the lavender bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good back then. They had the lavender <laughs> in the beaks. Yeah, they, yeah, they just bring them in on wagons. <laughs> lavender, lavender for the dust. Don't, doesn't Russia have a lavender a meadow or something? A what now? A big <laughs> lavender meadow in Russia. I, I've seen women posing 
Uh, well, there's in, a lot of lavender, right? Is yeah, it, I thought it maybe it's just lavender? in Russia. Well, they could just tote it from Russia. Might be. I mean, I, I don't think it's so widespread in Siberia, for example, but... There's some beautiful lavender flowers out there, field flowers, I can say. But I, whether they're actually lavender... They're oh, probably yeah. lavender family. Lavender is probably a family. If it's family. purple or, you know, that lavender color, then it's probably lavender or lilac because anytime we can get... We do have lilacs. Yeah, here. lilac and lavender kind of get mixed up. They're not from the same type. Of- no, I mix them up. I have to re-Google it each time I want to... <laughs> just, each, it's time different. I wanna, each time I want to know what I think, <laughs> I have to re-Google it. <laughs> Having forgotten <laughs> everything in between... <laughs> Beginning with a blank slate, I returned to Google <laughs> to find out what it was. I just looked up three days before. Exactly. So okay. So um, when I was in the United States, I used to have walls filled with sticky notes, things that I wanted to remember. Okay. And I thought I'm, you wanted to save lavender. <laughs> I feel so amputated more, because I live in someone else's apartment and I'm very afraid of this person walking in and seeing sticky notes. Um, so I don't do that anymore, although I do have some notes on my wall and I will remove them if anyone comes in. I don't want them to see my sticky notes, things I want to remember. Oh, how many sticky notes? Well, I would have all diary no. entries do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've already confessed that here like, before. Like something Let's get like... into Barbara's... <laughs> like, okay, notes. like what... Um, Which follows, by the way, <laughs> on, on her amazing use of the stylus. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, note-keeping version of the stylus. It's the it's the permanent version of the stylus. Do you write on it with the stylus? You make your <clears throat> crayons, markers. <laughs> 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 oh, markers in the bathroom are the greatest thing. You could get a marker and write on the tile in the bathroom and oh, you wow. can easily what? take it off. But then I was afraid my daughter would think I was weird if she goes to the bathroom and there'd be these things to remember on the walls. Because nobody else will think that it's but weird. Nowadays, Absolutely not. Yes. But now, nowadays, you could just you could just read Google things. Okay, but anyway, I, I I'll I'll try to. Okay, speak. I have I have a question. How did we get to this uh, from you know the plague and everything else? Probably because we don't agree on hygiene. Dream. I think <laughs> yes. that's oh, so you're just sabotaging everything else that yeah, comes the, after. Yeah, actually, it's two like you did not agree with me. So it's yeah. So what working would, on her anger management. <laughs> it's not all there yet. She, she it's a progress. It's a work in progress. Yes. But yes. later on it will become a masterpiece. <laughs> yes. yes. That'll be the final masterpiece. <laughs> and I hope you know me by then. <laughs> so but okay. what about what about this um medical care? So and what about the play? I, sure I mean, would you want to get sick in in I wouldn't even like to 11, be in the middle, same, like in, in the Middle Ages. Like okay. I would die the very same day. Well, right. that's what uh, gave way to the age of discovery. They were trying to... Um, discover things. They were trying to discover right? things, but they were trying <laughs> right. to flee this uh, plague-ridden old Europe. 
mm-hmm. and all the patriarchy. But unfortunately, <laughs> no, on those mention, boats, especially the patriarchy. That's but what, on those boats, the they ruined. brought the ideology of patriarchy, and that, my friends, is why America is a patriarchal society. Oh boy! Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why we've had to have four waves of women's movement. <laughs> and we still haven't got, still, still. <laughs> wait till I'm we have. Gonna, I'm not even going to. Well, I, wait till we have an episode of feminism. Okay. Oh, Put boy. me on. Yeah. <laughs> Gary yeah. definitely showed like, a, like, not me, just please. Right, yeah. I'll disconnect my email. <laughs> yes, right, yes. So you prove oh, my point, I Gary. My you prove account. my point. Right. <laughs> okay, point carried. Yeah, right. That's right. Touche, Barbara. You really, you really, you really made your point. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it's interesting because I was um, some time ago. I mean, <laughs> when I was at univ- yeah, when I was at university, we. Um, had a semester of history, so it was mandatory, of Russian history. And I remember that we were told that there was some kind of, not medical care as we can picture it now, but there were a lot of people who would treat people with different herbs, you know, with, well, I don't know, like flowers, dried flowers. They would um, make different things out of vegetable roots and something like that. So I was wondering whether that was also the case in Europe, for example. Yes, they had books written about that. Mm-hmm. And you'd have some kind of uh, swelling on your inside elbow, and you would, for example, <laughs> you would need this type of flange. Yes, you'd look up. Uh, let me. And you know. then, if it's on the outside of the le- uh, of your elbow, you'd, you'd look in another <laughs> next page. <laughs> Sounds logical to me. Because everybody knows the inside of the elbow is, <laughs> is very different. Yeah. Well, I wanted to to think of a, a neutral place. <laughs> a neutral place. Agree on. Well, thank you for doing that. Because <laughs> very, very well, well chosen. What <laughs> about dental care? I mean, what if the teeth hurt? Uh, Did they oh, just no, they didn't have out? they didn't have sugar. They didn't have sugar. So you think they had perfectly <laughs> everybody, everybody they had teeth with no cavities, <laughs> right? Right. No, right. <laughs> Another revisionist moment. Wait a second. How is walking around just with perfect, beautiful teeth, fighting dragons, and they just, you know, they open their mouth and just gorgeous. And you just get, you know, go blind from the from the brightness. Like, no, no, stop. The dragon just ran. That's why you don't find dragons because the teeth, the teeth were so good. Wait, what do you what do you mean there was no sugar? We had an episode of sugar. These are the poor people. These are the poor. These are people who did not have things. They didn't have sugar. Did, that that was in that was in London in the Industrial Revolution. Okay, yeah, you <laughs> so, need to re-listen to that episode. You know? I know. I remember. I was into another era, and you you set me straight about earlier. So now this is the earlier of it. And Back to Google. <laughs> Wikipedia page. Yes. Okay, Google. All right. Tell us. Okay, tell us about the teeth. Because yeah, what is, uh, so what? What's... I'm saying they didn't have sugar, but you might know something else. They did actually uh, have some. Well, the the elite did have some kind of dental care. You know, they were given again the herbs, and sometimes they would even, you know, um, 
oh god i don't know the the name for this machine you know that makes holes in teeth now but they had some kind of a prototype of that and actually i was shocked to see, when i was um, at a museum in london i was shocked to see that dental care existed actually starting with like ancient egypt times so they would um basically um oh uh, tie the teeth together. They would make holes in teeth and tie them together so they don't fall out. Mm. Well, <laughs> they were very clever. <laughs> when they I would get in there and tie, and tie those teeth. <laughs> well, it's better than having no teeth at all. <laughs> well, that's true. But you know what? Um, if you look up a different, like you know, not, um, not to mini- offend, not to offend our ancient Egyptian listeners. <laughs> right? By the way, yes. oh, be careful with those. <laughs> they knew some dark they're, stuff. They're a testy, they're a testy group. Yeah. They're a testy lot. I was going to say something, and I oh, forgot. No. We're sorry. Look, look what we did again. How how she can even manage to keep a thought. It's the, the Americans. You we're just, we're just wild. Yeah, we're just wild. We're unruly. We're rebels. We always have a cause. Little barbarians <laughs> right. who were once taught right. how to behave, but, <laughs> but didn't it didn't take. Well, I'm not saying that. You know, right. yes, just, right, right. it's just you don't need to. It's just all over the place. Just open your ears. Oh God! Wait, and what about? Religion, then. Oh. So we've talked about oh, yeah. health, hygiene. What about religion? What do we know about religion in the Middle Ages? Well, religion, they had a plenty. It was a kind of a religious culture. To put it mildly, not kind of a religious culture. It was a religious culture. And so um, it was uh, the uh, Catholic Church formed right, uh, became a, an institution, became actually the institution that sort of kept culture together as the political institutions fell apart. The Christian element, the Catholic element specifically, uh, which had allied itself with the Roman emperors, right, uh, they continued as the Roman emperors fell. They converted the barbarians, mm-hmm. these famous... Goths and so forth uh, to Christianity, to a form of Christianity or different forms of Christianity and sort of kind of Christianized the culture, sort of, um, in a sense. And uh, the, but so that the dominant way that people thought was religious in a Catholic way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that was people's worldview. Yeah, right? this is where the patriarchy started was with these <clears throat> male heads of the Catholic Church. And then, of course, the mayors and the governors of the towns were men. They're all men. And, yes. Know? And then, of course, the head of the household was a man. And so this was very strong in their um, culture mm-hmm. of the, this male domination. All right. I don't even have anything I'm, to well, add I'm to that. Gonna, I can not, just nod. I, I don't know that I'm going to argue that. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, yeah, I don't well, know that that's... Well, also, but. And then, if you don't believe me, there is evidence of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, really you don't look convinced <laughs> right now. You don't look yeah, right. quite convinced. But in I mean, order, it was to, very persuasive, in order but. to support this ideology, there would be clergymen who would um, write things, mm-hmm. uh, telling the world, um, their community, uh, that women were not as smart as men, that they were fickle. And so when you have this 
down in paper and then disseminated, and this is the culture, then women were not protected by the law against I, I domestic that, abuse. Right, but that goes back farther than <clears throat> Middle Ages. I mean, <clears throat> you can, I'm sure in the classical Oh. Literature, I suspect you could find the. Well, uh, you same just ideas. said you just said that the Roman Empire fell, and the Catholic Church continued. Which that's you, true. Yeah, that's what I said. In this, yeah, in and we're and talking specifically in this, in this about case, it's both the Middle something Ages. Something I said and true. Yes, <laughs> right. yes. Not I'm, everything. Not in every case. Is that, no, I'm just listening to you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so we're talking that, specifically. If you want to learn a lot, that's what you need to do, Barbara. Specifically right. about the Middle Middle Ages, because that's what this podcast is all about. Nothing about. About anything God, else. Right. Yes. <laughs> Just to remind you in the middle of it that that really is what it, it really isn't about feminism. I feel it that right now. <laughs> right. Yes. That's oh, a I little thought, bit of a side turn. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say crane operators. <laughs> right. Or crane operators. Not to mention. <laughs> and what about the Inquisition? Because oh, this is no. this is closely connected with religion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two hundred years of this, right? So, what can uh, you tell us about this? Well, the Inquisition was also a Catholic uh, institution, shall we say? It was a way of uh, punishing <clears throat> um, Catholic Church. As time went on, uh, it it uh, felt its grip on the culture weakening. And there were historical factors going on, and it's hard to keep a monolith culture together for any length of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were trying to do that. And, of course, people were discovering, you know, there was a like a mini renaissance in the 12th century and all of this. It wasn't so dark as we were saying. It started really dark, but it did. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of change and including some. I suppose, technology and knowledge, the universities, everything else. And so the Catholic uh, Church was feeling its grip being threatened. Mm-hmm. And so it cracked down. And it, it uh, just announced these, these uh, <clears throat> inquisition was one way of dealing with that. And these were like a court. Of course, you have what Dostoevsky and the the Grand Inquisitor, right? Is yeah, and which I haven't read, but I <laughs> I know it as a factoid, <laughs> right? Which is so pretty what bad. Was, but so anyway. what was the point yeah. of the well, Inquisition? Well, it was it was to punish it was to punish so called heretics mm-hmm. uh, and to purify. It was a threat. These people were. Uh, it's hard to tell what they even believed because the Inquisition was so thorough in destroying them. Very convincing they were. <laughs> well, they were convincing by torturing and killing. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was uh, you know, like no holds barred, we'd say, just using every means possible to, to root out the, these elements, uh, which were in the south of France initially and then mm-hmm. in other places. So it became, it was this kind of... of uh, of a court and an investigation and uh, to just try to get people in line in their thinking, right? I would like to describe the pro- well how all of that went because, um, again, I had not known much about uh, the Inquisition. I mean, I was one of those people who had a lot of misconceptions about that. But apparently, so when the Inquisition came to some kind of an area, so the local bishop assembled the people on... 
some kind of a square. So, and they, well, he would announce a grace period of up to a month uh, for heretics to confess their guilt mm-hmm. or to inform on others. Mm-hmm. So, and then during this period, so the Inquisition would collect all the accusations. And if two witnesses under oath named or accused one person of heresy, this person would, well, get summoned. I would not say arrested, but, uh, and then there were two options. Either the person would confess or he would be tortured until he does. So sometimes, though, you know, uh, the thing is that if you inform on somebody, but you lie, you would also be punished for that. So that's why if uh, you are accused of something, but you think that, you know, somebody did that on purpose, you might name the person. And if it's true, if you guess right, then you might be left to go. But of course, you know, it would only depend on the, you know, on the inquisitor, inquisitor. Well, where's the stress in this word? Inquisitor. Inquisitor. So, yeah, but since, you know, these people, well, were not very kind as a rule, so they would <laughs> yes. not really believe, that, you that know. qualifies as today's <laughs> understatement. Yes, the inquisitors were not, not known for their kindness. <laughs> Definitely not, yeah. And then um, there were also situations when the inquisitors would torture people and they would confess, yes, right, you know, forced. we do not believe. So... The next day, they would ask. They would be asked the same question, and of course, they would deny everything because you know mm. they were not being tortured anymore. So then the torture would start again, so that you know only the confession, yeah. not under the torture, would count. So, and the thing is that technically, um, the inquisitors were not allowed to torture a person multiple times. So that's why all of that was considered one torture that was just paused for some period of time. And only once in history, as far as I remember, uh, there was a situation when the Inquisitor was, um, I don't know how to say that actually, when the the Pope, I think, or the Bishop told him like, you can't do that anymore because you're way too cruel. So because there was a person who killed way too many people and that started to be suspicious that, you know, are you really fighting for the for, for the belief, for the faith? Or are you just enjoying, you know, torturing? Yeah, so I mean, well, the popes were <clears throat> had initiated it, and and depending on the pope, uh, they could be sadistic, like the inquisitors, mm-hmm. right? Well, so, if if the if the yeah, it was known that the church was very corrupt, and the pope would probably reprimand this punisher or this torturer only because it benefited the Pope or benefited. Mm-hmm. It right. probably it, wasn't because the Pope would, decided either that or, to do that. So. It was so utterly extreme in some way mm-hmm. that it, you know, there's still some element of conscience there, even in, even in those days in the Popes and, and so the, but it was generally unrestrained. I, <clears throat> I ran across um, uh, a, a website on uh, that, was about it ended up being about it's a French website in English um, uh, that was about the first inquisition the, the French inquisition which is in the south of France and I mean it's this entire it's like a tourist thing uh, the, the group were called Cathars mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like we have the English word catharsis which is a Greek word I guess but it means purging or, or cleaning right mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just as live as live can be. And, you know, it, there were just thousands of, of victims. And there's, you know, these places in the south of France that you can go, I guess, as a tourist thing. And maybe, you know, all of these people had 
descendants, right? They had, you know, people that looked at that or groups that identify with that, which would include even my group, um, because my group would have been persecuted by the Catholic Church if it existed. And sometimes we identify even with those groups because we don't know really what they believe. They mm-hmm. were, uh, you know, they, the Catholic Church totally destroyed their writings, you know, because they were heretical. So you just burn it. And uh, so what they actually believed is is really hard to discern. But anyway, so it it was bad and uh, it was and it, you know, it had those, the French, that was one part. And then, of course, the Spanish Inquisition, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. was Torquemada. And, you know, it just went on and on. And it was, you know, terrible. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people also, you know, associate um, the Middle Ages with um, witch hunting. So do you know anything about that? Interestingly... Uh, well, I, I, I do in the sense that those same, one of the accusations that I think may even have its sources, the, the original of it, the accusation of witchcraft was against, was associated with the Inquisition. In other words, these are the enemies, they're totally evil. So if you want to make them absolutely the worst, uh, you identify them as witches who were basically worshippers of Satan, Right. And, and servants of Satan. And that was part so that these groups uh, that were persecuted, they were persecuted in, in Italy also, and they were, um, it, what they were basically, you would say, right? Mm-hmm. Just people that didn't believe like you were supposed to. And, uh, but if you're going to, if you're going to want to wipe a people out, then you have to just say the most outrageous thing about them, mm-hmm. right? And and so that they're witches and they're you know they're flying on their brooms to you know do satanic, evil, immoral, vulgar, horrible things, you know, and why not? And that's why we're destroying them. Mm-hmm. And and then the different mentality develops a lot around that, you know. So, but it's interesting that um, we associated with the Middle Ages. However, it was not in the medieval time at all, because it started in the 17th century, which was not the middle, the medieval time already. So there's a bit um, of a misconception about the time frame. Uh, maybe that's true. I, yeah, as well as... Because in the middle, in the yeah, middle was, ages, later, um, yeah. in the middle ages, uh, it was not that, you know, the witches should be persecuted or something. There was a uh, belief that they did not exist at all. Like, so there was not, it was not that the church was teaching like, oh, they're evil. They just did not believe in them. Like they do not exist. So why bother hunting someone who does not exist? So that was the situation at the time. And only later at the end of the middle ages and the beginning of the, the middle of the 16th century and later the witch craze began began. Yeah, yeah, the witch craze actually rose out of kind of out of out of the conflict with the Protestant. I mean, when it was already, which was later. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, that was when that became part of the the rhetoric against the other the other side mm-hmm. was well, they're just so evil. They're not just Protestants, but they're you know they're devil worshippers. They're not just Catholic because it also mm-hmm. went the other way. It was on both. So what you're describing is just this same thing of just holding on to power, mm-hmm. holding on to control. Yeah, it was about yeah, it was about it was about power. Sure was. Isn't that always about power? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to end, you know, on, on such a sad <laughs> note. So let's talk about something more positive and more, I do not know, inspiring. So let's talk about art. So what do we know about art in the medieval times? I don't know, just... It's a just, buttress. <laughs> that's all I know. That's all I know about well, that. Well, that's... that's uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, the, the Gothic cathedral, right? That's where the buttresses were. Is, you know, Notre Dame that burned, you know, that burned recently, unfortunately. Well, it's not... Burn like it did not burn down. It's just the roof that. Oh, I think it. Yeah, all the oh the gargoyles. Yeah. Oh, aren't those beautiful? They are beautiful, yeah. or they were beautiful. I think it kind of. It was really very destructive. It was because yeah. the gargoyles fell down. That's how you measure. <laughs> yeah, how bad it. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> that's right. A really bad fire. The gargoyle. Where are the gargoyles? So do how are the gargoyles do any names in? come to your mind? You know, of the Middle Ages. Artists, sculptors, writers. No, my mind is a complete blank. Well, it's it it's, it was more of uh, the the cult the, the not the cult but the the, tre- the the tendency to make a lot out of individuals mm-hmm. is kind of a modern thing, right? Like like we would. Now there were great there there were individuals. There's people like Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas, a Catholic theologian, and uh, there's a guy named Abelard, who was a, uh, another theologian of the time. There were Dante, I think, is still medieval, um, <clears throat> and he's somewhere toward the Renaissance. It's kind of on the cusp there. Um, uh, but there was, because of the collective, you know, the collective mm-hmm. was very powerful. You know, this who, who built Notre Dame? Well... Yeah, you wouldn't people, get one the one built, name. Yes, the people built it. Yes. You know, there was there were actually architects, and you know that that if you were a student of that, then you, you might know that. And as somebody who read a read or listened to a book about it recently, there I can't remember the person's name, anybody's name that was involved in that. So there mm-hmm. were architects, but they weren't like now, like Frank Gehry, you know. Mm-hmm. Where, where you got superstar architects and, wow, man, how does he live? And, you know, what does mm-hmm, he think? And, mm-hmm. you know, all of this. I mean, it's just the cult of of the individual hero. That's a modern thing. And, uh, you know, the other people were toiling within the church or toiling, you know, as just part of their, t- their city's effort to build a great cathedral to God. And so, mm-hmm. the, you know, the medieval, the individual wasn't so important. There was kind of a collective. Yeah, sense. I was trying to remember some names of the, of the medieval times and I realized that I can, well, I can remember the names that are... Uh, that belong to the end of the Middle Ages, the beginning of the Renaissance period, like um, Giotto di Bandone, or let's say um, Brunelleschi, mm-hmm. who is considered to be, you know, the um, the founding father of Renaissance architecture. So, but he was living and working right at the edge, you know, of right. these two periods. So I'm not sure whether to include him to the Renaissance times or to the medieval times. So it's. Right, the real deep, deep medieval people would, would, you know, would they would be within the church. You know, there were some great popes in their own way, and you know. And but I think we, could, I think we can say that um, even if we can't name people, most uh, motives and the the topics of art were still about religion. They were. Well, yeah. that's because they were under contract. I don't think it's because they cared about the religion at all. It was the church who paid them. Well, well, we do not know what what 
their motives I, I, were. I don't know. I think that uh, the general, uh, that the, the culture then was sincerely, I mean, it's mixed with all kinds of fear and things that we don't love and that aren't necessarily beautiful, but in themselves, but that there was a lot of sincerity, especially over time, like in, in like the maybe the 12th, 13th century, there were movements even within the Catholic Church that were toward more of a personal relationship with God. And, you know, people were yearning for that. I mean, really. And that's part one of those forces toward, um, you know, coming out of the Middle Ages and, mm-hmm. and toward more of what a, would be a Protestant view of things. Um, I disagree. I think they were there for the job. Definitely. Okay. Whatever the reason, yeah, we see the result. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they they knew about the corruption. Because all through the Middle Ages, it was known the church was corrupted. I'm not making any comments on that. <laughs> okay. Well, and uh, you know, I do not I, know much on yeah. the topic. To be I, I think there was. It would. Yeah. It's hard for us to imagine a a culture as as steeped in religion as that was and the and the uh you know the the way of life and the holidays of it and the rhythm of life and the agrarian rhythm of life and you know just the whole i think it was just part of their world and it isn't for us it's uh, you know that all broke down long ago and in that form um and so I'm sure that there was a lot of sincerity, a lot of formalism, and maybe the people that, maybe the architects, the star architects were already just, it was just a contract to them, mm-hmm. you know, the star architects of the day, maybe it was. But probably for the people that were sitting there, you know, carving those gargoyles, the famous <laughs> gargoyles, you know, maybe they were doing that as a, as something unto God. I don't know. They certainly did a beautiful job, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were paid probably good money. <laughs> oh, Wow, Barbara. Okay. All right. Would you like to live in the Middle Ages? If you had a choice to go back in time, would you? No, I don't want to be property. Gary? I want to be a property owner. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I want to go back. I want to to have property under my thumb (laughs) while I'm... Using a fine-tooth comb if I, had, if, I had any, if I had anything to run the comb through. It would be nice, but that's okay. Um, it would be tough to go back. I mean, it would be tough to go back even 100 years. Oh, even mm-hmm. a, a year ago. I mean, that would be really hard. <laughs> yeah, for, Let's yeah. not remember yeah, a Barbara, year ago. That did not happen. Is, right. Yeah, for Barbara, this... Today is... Today's the day. What is that, the uh, um, that Latin phrase... Uh, seize the day, carpe diem. Carpe diem, yeah. Seize it. That's Barbara's. I I say seize the ancient, <laughs> seize, <laughs> seize the ancient spear and. <laughs> and I time. I want to tell you what gave um, an idea for the pod, for this episode actually for this podcast because uh-huh. um, a month ago I had a birthday and I got a birthday gift which was a board game called. Medieval suffering. So it was a whole. Suffering. It's a whole board game based on the Middle Ages. So you have, you know, the cards of the plague, the lepra, oh. you know, and the the epidemic that goes from city to city. Then you have different, you know, knights, maids. 
Boy, this is the, we, this is the perfect 2020 gift. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Some guy sitting the in pandemic. Chicago goes, you know, I've got an idea for a game. And the but, guy goes, Maury, I think, I think it'll sell. Right, put it out oh, there. Oh, and hell it will. <laughs> Russia, Russia. But you know what? Actually, this um, this whole topic of the Middle Ages has become quite popular recently. There are so many memes and um, there are podcasts, I think. There, there are board games, books, and all of that come under the name of medieval suffering. <laughs> so it has become a part of a popular culture now. So I don't, I'm not sure they're popularizing it, but they show, you know, all the horrible things of the Middle Ages. And you know what? While we were talking, I've realized that in that board game, there's a card which says, Witch. But there were, like, you know, it was not connected with the Middle Ages. So I, th- I think there's that, a little bit of a yeah. inaccuracy. <clears throat> I think I, <laughs> I think the witchcraft thing goes back to that. I think it goes back to that, uh, to the Inquisition that I referenced there. Well, if you're talking about pagans, I mean, pagans were before Christians, so... We're yeah, yeah, about, and they were constantly, you know, that element was always under. Yeah, they had the gods and yeah. multi-gods. Okay. So, and uh, now I want to So was that uh, to end on a positive note? <laughs> 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 yes. On a fun note, I had a board. Yeah, it's a cool right. board Boy, game. That was, that was jolly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm you, glad we didn't end on whatever that other note was. <laughs> that, was that wasn't as, as cheerful, chipper as that one. <laughs> oh, you shush. Got you pulled it out of the fire on that one. again i feel a little bit attacked but fine (laughs) so if you if you could summarize this episode in one phrase then for our listeners we need to advertise it suffering suffering Suffering. (laughs) medieval (laughs) suffering (laughs) that's two words that's a copyright that's that's now you know like well i said in one in one phrase oh one phrase it can be one sentence Okay. We'll hyphenate it so you won't be stepping on anyone's copyright. Right. <laughs> or or right. make it one F instead of two. <laughs> it would be the middle middle ages way of doing it. Irregular spelling. <laughs> so that would be yours, Barbara. How would you summarize oh, this episode? I can't remember a thing. <laughs> right. I've been in a whirlwind. Yes. How do you call right. the, the thing about the architecture? I forgot. The, oh, the, the buttress. buttress. That would be your summary. <laughs> buttress. Back to the buttress. We've backed our way in. Oh, you know there's a movie which is Back to the Future? We can have Back to the Buttress. Back that the would buttress. be the name of the episode. I'm telling yes. you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for this <laughs> for interesting <what> conversation. <laughs> And constantly attacking me, but fine. (laughs) Okay, so that was the Big Apple School podcast. And today we discussed the Middle Ages and all the fantastic (laughs) things of the time. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you struggle to understand our conversation, you're always welcome to our website, which is www. BigApple.com slash podcast with a double with the period before Big Apple. And it's Big also bigappleschool.com <laughs> slash podcast. Google and you can <laughs> Google is so smart. We'll get there. We'll get there. You know. <laughs> and you can find full scripts of each episode there. So you can read uh, the script while listening to the podcast. So that's amazing. And if you want to get more content, which will help you learn English, you can always follow us on the social media, such as Instagram, VK, YouTube, Telegram, just such a name, which is... 
BigAppleSchool.com. Not dot com. Pod. It's oh, the name not, of the school. Oh, the big, oh, oh. you're not listening. <laughs> okay. So just search our name, which is Big Apple School. Okay. So that was Katja. And my guests for today were Barbara and Gary. Stay tuned and we'll see you around. <laughs>